0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I I bet it wouldn't surprise you to learn that Facebook is now alleged to have been coordinating with the FBI to red flag people. You know, have like Gadsden flags and stuff. Wait, what? Yeah. Did you see this story yesterday? A friend of mine said it over. It is... uh... Again, eye-opening, to say the least. I got that, but I got some good news to start the show today. A loaded show for you today. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Privacy, it's a right, not a privilege, especially online. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I've got that. I've got Ron DeSantis strikes again. I've got a really explosive article in the Wall Street Journal about how the FBI deteriorated into a full-blown organization of bouncers for the Democrat bar. It really lays it out. And I've got some personal experience with it. So don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. What if there was someone out there who kept the log of every single thing you did every minute of the day? That's exactly what happens every time you go online. Your internet providers can store logs of every website you've ever visited and can legally sell this data to anyone. That's why I always use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet providers can't see or log what you do online. Now, you may be wondering, well, if I'm routing all my data to a VPN, does that mean the VPN can see what I'm doing and log my data instead? Well, a lot of VPNs claim to have a no-logs policy, but I'm going to call it logging customer activity. ExpressVPN is the only VPN I trust because they use trusted server technology. ExpressVPN is so confident in their no-logs claim they even had one of the biggest assurance firms, PricewaterhouseCoopers, audit their technology. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino today to get three months free on a one-year package. Get your privacy back. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, Joseph, let's go. Here we go, Dano. Here we go. So, a little bit of good news first here. Folks, the dawn is coming. You know, these. You know, the dark is before the dawn. All oh, of a sudden, I'm not a poet. I'm not a songwriter. I don't care about any of that stuff. So all I care about is reality. And I'm telling you, there is no business model. There is no governing model. There is no future long term and totalitarianism and censorship. It's very simple. Why? It's not complicated. Uh, you know, people yearn to be free. They want to be free. It's why jail sucks. Uh, I, really, we could go into all of the, you know, uh, Lockean stuff and all this other stuff about flowery change. Other... Great. People just want to be free. They don't want to be subjugated. It's as simple as that. There is no future in totalitarianism and censorship. None. I believe the tide's starting to turn as large swaths of the public, independents, Republicans, and even some Democrats, especially Hispanic Democrats, I'll get to that at the end of the show, start to realize that the left is the party trying to subjugate them. Coordinating with big tech to censor you, canceling their best customers, the FBI targeting you, woke Hollywood idiots telling your son he's a girl and telling your daughter uh, she's a boy. Here, just a couple of good stories to start the show with you today towards the end of the week on Thursday. Market Watch: the Meta meltdown. Meta, of course, is now Facebook. They rebranded themselves as Meta. The chart shows Facebook's fall from grace among the most valuable U.S. companies. It used to be uh, uh, Facebook's parent company, Meta, was the fifth most valuable company in the U.S. near the end of last year, but has since fallen behind Visa, Tesla, and others. Shocker, fellas. I mean, just quick. I, mean, I spend a lot of time on this, but canceling your best customers is really not a business model. You guys stunned? Hold on. Joe's grabbing his chest right. Get him the nitro pills. So Facebook, which has an older audience, it skews older compared to TikTok and Twitter and other platforms, right? Older audiences tend to be more conservative. And yet conservatives, Facebook has chosen to target, to censor, to fact check, and to demonetize. Sounds like a great business plan to me. Keep it up, fake book. Keep it up. I, how long we've been warning about this, fellas? Now the stock price takes a hit because there's no business model in canceling and crapping on your best customers. Is this hard? Here, just another piece of good news before we move on. It's a deadline article. Emmy Awards viewership dives to an all-time low, down double digits from 2021 in their last NBC broadcast, Aww. the Emmys. If you're, I know, Joe's horrified. If you're like, what are the <laughs> Emmys? Exactly. Yeah, very disappointing. I, I know Joe was tuning in with rapt attention. <laughs> yeah. Joe was like, I can't wait to see the performances. I just love this. Of course, nobody cares. The Emmys are the lowest audience ever. As it turns out, another crappy business model is standing up there in Hollywood as a bunch of idiots who weren't smart enough to get real jobs and who turned into being fakes for a living. That's what acting is, right? That's what acting is. It may have a negative tone to it, but that's what it is, right? Yeah. You just fake things. You're acting, right? So because you can't do anything else, couldn't become an economist, couldn't become a carpenter, weren't smart enough to be a pilot, you got into acting. And then you get up on stage like Robert De Niro and these other tools, Jennifer uh, Lawrence, and you start telling people they're all you know hayseeds and rednecks and stupid and my mom is dumb and we hate MAGA people. I'm going to punch this guy in the face. Turns out when you do all that stuff, like some of these celebrities have implied or said, it turns out that the people like the MAGA people and Republicans who are a very small part of the country, Joe, they're only about 45 to 49 percent, maybe. Yeah, it's a very small portion of the country. It turns out they don't go to see your films and they don't want to see you get awards. The left, they're like, oh, my they're scratching their heads right now. Like, oh, my God, really, R- really. You mean crapping on half the country is not a good business model? No, no, it's it's not. No, it's not. It's not a good business model. Maybe you should have thought that through. I'm telling you, there's no future in this. A little bit of optimism for you. Dark is before the dawn, whenever. We always provide the receipts to back it up. Here's one more bit of good news before I get to the deep state stuff, which is a bit of bad news. The scandal is growing by the day. If you thought the stories about the FBI, DOJ, and the Biden administration were all wrapped up and tied up in a cute little bow after yesterday, you'd be wrong. They keep getting uglier. But here's a bit of good news. I was watching Fox last night. It was actually on last night. It was on Jesse's show. I'll play that a little bit later. because I said something important. And uh, this was breaking news last night. This is uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. This is our, I don't know, 12th installment, 13th, who knows, of Ron DeSantis strikes again. Sorry. So Ron DeSantis in Florida, uh, you know, the border states. Florida, is, of course, is not a border state. Well, you know what? Although it's not a land border, we do get a lot of Cuban refugees. So I technically, I guess you could say we're kind of a border state. But Florida, a lot of illegal immigrants crossing the border illegally, I might add. Um, are winding up in Florida. So as you know, a lot of rich liberals, they live over in Martha's Vineyard. I've spent some time in Martha's Vineyard when Barack Obama was uh, president, when he rented a uh, multi-million dollar house over there to stay over there with his liberal friends. I stayed in Edgar Town, Edgar Town over there. And in Oak Bluffs is where all the working people stay, the OB. The OB. Obama didn't stay there. He stayed on the rich side of town with all his rich friends. So Ron DeSantis says, you know what? You're going to make us all border states, Florida and everywhere else, even though we don't share a land border with a foreign country. I think what we should do is we should take some of the illegal immigrants who are landing in our states and send them to liberal states, which claim to be sanctuary cities. Which sounds fair to me, fellas, because if you're a sanctuary, you should be willing to take people in and give them sanctuary. Sounds like a fair deal, right? Yes, sir. So Ron DeSantis uh, sent a plane load of 50 illegal immigrants Uh, to Martha's Vineyard. This was the breaking news as it looked last night on Fox. Check this out. DeSantis has sent migrants on a plane to Martha's Vineyard. Now, this is where the Obamas have a home, Oprah, Beyonce, even James Taylor, who's going to be seeing fire, rain, and migrants. Uh, Not to mention Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, everybody, basically, that you know on the left has a home there. So Obama, Rosie, Beyonce, whoever has homes over there, I've been to Martha's Vineyard. There's more than enough land um, on the island there to take people in. So uh, I suggest we continue to do this um, and we flood Martha's Vineyard, given that it is a sanctuary full of liberals who claim to love illegal migration into the country. Uh, not legal. That's our thing. Illegal is their thing. Um I think it's a good idea that we continue to do that. And I want to thank Ron DeSantis and Governor Greg Abbott from Texas as well yes. uh, for continuing. Yes, yeah, Joe, good call. It is yeah, Gee. Come on, round of applause. Get in the program. Huh? Yeah, He's already tired this morning. You haven't done your Gee's <laughs> into yoga now. You haven't done your stretching yet. That's an easy clap. Good job, fellas. I mean, we're just helping him out. There's sanctuary cities and states. They claim to want to provide sanctuary, and you know, Florida's and and Texas's are getting filled up. So you guys do your thing. Good news segment. All right, so folks, the, um, the deep state scandal is starting to grow like a Chia Pet, man. Uh, remember the Chia Pet? Put a little water yeah. in it. Watch it grow. <laughs> Watch the hair grow. Um, a caller called into my radio show yesterday at the end of the show. You know, Maybe I'll play it for you tomorrow. I should have got it beforehand. I know Jim has it. Uh, we do a call segment at the end of the radio show and a guy calls in at the end. His name was Mike or he said his name was Mike. You never really know. And uh, he said he was an FBI agent who was retired. And uh, it was a really moving call because he said to me, you know, as a retired FBI agent, Dan, I speak for a lot of people I still talk to. And he's like, you're right. He's like, we can't imagine, uh, you know, what happened over there. The place I'm going to tell you exactly what happened based on this Wall Street Journal piece coming up in a bit. what, What happened to the FBI and how it degenerated into a bunch of activists for the Democrat Party and a bunch of bouncers for them. But I want to, again, express my sincere gratitude. I mean this, please, from my heart. I want you to understand this. To the agents out there, men and women, both retired and active, who had nothing to do with this, know nothing about deep state stuff, and are doing their jobs, I want to applaud you. and I want to tell you, I'll always have a home on this show. You can call anytime. This is in no way directed at you. However, to everyone else who knows things and haven't said anything, who think they know things and haven't said anything, or continue to do these things targeting Republicans, you are, you are the enemies of freedom and liberty. You have forfeited your oath. You have disgraced yourself and the FBI. That call is worth your time. The guy, maybe, like I said, maybe I'll play it tomorrow. It's, um, it was good. And it got me thinking about just how bad the situation become in the country when large majorities of people, according to polling, believe that the FBI is Biden's like personal police force. It's gotten worse, however. Something broke yesterday. Miranda Devine is one of the best reporters in the business. She wrote Laptop from Hell, which disclosure I published uh, about Hunter Biden's laptop. The book was a huge success. She writes at the New York Post. She wrote an article I'm going to get to in a second. But before I get to it, I want you to remember this. Remember when Mark Zuckerberg who runs Facebook? You see, how I started the show that way on purposes. No future in canceling people. Mark should have known who his allies were, but he's not that smart. Remember when Zuckerberg went on Joe Rogan's very popular podcast, and he talked about how the FBI was extremely comfortable just approaching a private company and kind of winking and nodding about censoring the Hunter Biden story or Russian disinformation? Here, check this out. The FBI, I think, basically came to us, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. Guys, how, why do you think I cut that? You probably didn't catch on to this. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Why do you think I cut that specific cut today after yesterday's show? I want you to listen to that again. If you rewind it, if you're on the uh, podcast, just hit the 15 second back button and listen again. We did yesterday's show about a stunning new revelation by the Durham probe. John Durham is the special prosecutor investigating the spying scandal on Donald Trump, where we learned yesterday for the first time that the FBI was actually paying a thought-to-be Russian uh, associate of their intelligence community, this guy Danchenko. They did a counterintelligence investigation. Allegations, of course, again, the man's innocent until proven guilty. I can't emphasize that enough. But Durham is now alleging in this this filing that the FBI was paying for Russian disinformation. They were paying Danchenko. How freaking hilarious that Zuckerberg says the FBI came to him. Do you guys pick up on this? And says, hey, man, you better look out in 2020 for Russian disinformation. A lot of it made it into the 2016 election. You paid for it. You paid for it. Is anyone else getting the irony of that now, the Zuckerberg clip? Now that we know what happened as of yesterday, that the FBI was paying a guy, they investigated Danchenko for ties to Russia. Does anybody find that ironic? The FBI pays for Russian disinformation and then demands in 2020 in a subsequent presidential election that they censor bad information about Hunter Biden Based on the Russian disinformation they paid for in 2016? <laughs> huh? Hey, is anybody else in the media going to pick up on that? Well, as it turns out, why did this pop today? Because yesterday, September 14th, Miranda Devine had this amazing piece. The newsletter today, again is a must read. Please check it out on Gino.com slash newsletter. Subscribe. It's free. We will get you these articles every single day. This one is a must read. Facebook spied on the private messages of Americans who questioned the 2020 election. Wait, what? Does any of this surprise you? So again, we're not only getting whistleblowers from the FBI coming forward. We're starting to see a bevy of whistleblowers now come forward from social media companies. Covered the Twitter whistleblower yesterday. Apparently, there's a Facebook whistleblower, too. He noted that Facebook users whose private communications, private, not public posts, folks, that their private communications Facebook had flagged as domestic terrorism for the FBI were all, quote, conservative right wing individuals. Oh, keep that up for a second, please. Folks, listen, one quick warning. I, I'm Just get off Facebook as soon as you can. Get off Facebook as soon as you can. The place is a cancer. If you're going to stay on there, only post political stuff that goes our way, but don't post any private messages and nothing about where you are, pictures of your family, nothing. Facebook, you, I'm telling you right now, Facebook is a, is a demon-like company. They do awful things. Their stock price is collapsing. It is going to be the next MySpace. Here, the whistleblower says this too. You're probably reading it when we're on the screen. That they were gun-toting, red-blooded Americans who were angry after the election and shooting off their mouths and talking about staging protests. He notes, though, about these people surveilled by Facebook they sent to the FBI. There was nothing criminal, nothing about violence or massacring or assassinating anyone. He notes later in the piece that they were, quote, wasting our time, the FBI. Folks, this is a big deal, man. They're talking about, again, allegations, Facebook's free to defend itself. But these are serious allegations. That the FBI and Facebook had this symbiotic Eddie Brock venom type relationship where they were spying on, quote, gun-toting Americans who mentioned nothing criminal about violence or anything. If this sounds like the dystopian surveillance future You've been dreading that you thought only existed in North Korea and China. You'd be wrong. It exists here. Right now. And the FBI is playing along incentivizing this the entire time. I've been warning you. I'm going to continue to warn you. Eyes are open everywhere. But now I need you to spread the word too. Spread the clips from this show around, please. Folks, these people are not kidding. The people on the left, and when I say the left, I'm talking about very specifically, so we don't talk about an amorphous blob. I'm talking about big tech, the media, the entertainment community, activists, and I'm talking about lefty politicians. They are not kidding. They are in a full throated effort to make sure that half of America are stigmatized as violent anarchists, treasonous. And are targeted by the government. How do I know that? Here is liberal radical lunatic. Maisie Hirono. Again, pay very close attention to what she says. They are telling you what they plan on doing. A call to arms. Literally. Listen to yourself. This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to... Make decisions about our own bodies. That is how we see it. And why? <laughs> because that's what's happening. Madam President, I yield the floor, but clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms in our country. I, it's, I, I'm just playing their own words. There is no party more committed to inciting violence. That's why the left, by the way, accuses us of inciting violence. It's nothing more than a simple dipsy-doo-flipperoo. You understand that, right? There's nothing complicated about it. The left and the media want to incite violence against you. They're doing it right now. She's talking about a literal called arms. No, she makes it specific, Joe. Literal. She's not figurative. Yes. Literal called arms. And yet, when we cite this, you'll get nuts like Davey Alba at the New York Times saying, Oh, my gosh, they're inciting violence against Maisie Hirono for inciting violence. We have been crystal clear that once the red line of violence is crossed, there's no turning back. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. Yet it's really strange how the left isn't, how they're saying the exact opposite. Remember the Democracy Integrity Project, the Transition Integrity Project? Remember that? We highlighted that and they talked about during the transition how they were looking for a street fight and they were very specific to say not a judicial one. Nobody incites violence and loves violence more than the left. Make no mistake. They keep your head on a swivel around these lunatics. I've got another example coming up next of another wannabe senator, a congressman now. Talking about killing and confronting the MAGA movement? Killing and confronting. That sounds like incitement to me. Just listen to their own words, man. All right, folks, you know I have a lot of joint pain from my arthritis. If you're experiencing joint pain, inflammation, or a lack of concentration, chances are you could be deficient in omega-3 levels. You know, I struggle with it. Paul and I have been taking uh, Omax-3 for years now. Why? Because omega-3 fatty acids are vital to your health and are clinically shown to help improve joints, mood, mind, and help support heart health. Many of the top fish oils simply do not contain enough omega-3s for you to feel a difference. Enter Omax-3. It's the only game-changing omega-3 that's totally pure and concentrated with a special formula. It's clinically tested and sustainably sourced to help fight unwanted joint discomfort and inflammation. Omax is so confident in their product and that it works that they're offering my listeners 25% off. 25% off. That's a big savings of a 30 day supply of Omax 3 plus free shipping and a 60 day money back guarantee. That's confident. That's back in your product right there. That's confident. Go to omaxhealth.com. That's O M A X. Omaxhealth.com. Enter code DAN to take advantage of these incredible savings. You've heard the hype. Now you can try the omega-3 I use at 25% off. Go to omaxhealth.com, our promo code DAN. You will not regret it. It has been a lifesaver for my joints. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Check it out, omaxhealth.com, promo code DAN. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, in the are made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Here's another one, folks. They are who you think they are, the left. Totalitarians love violence. Violence is the coin of the realm for people who want to subjugate you. Why? People don't want to be subjugated. They like their freedom. So if you don't want to be subjugated and have to do something to you, you don't want, I have to use force. Anybody having a tough time with this? Uh, I don't want to get in the jail cell, get in the jail cell or we're going to whoop your ass. See the conservatives. We don't have that problem. Why? Again, it's not hard. We don't want you in the jail cell. So we don't have to push you in there. Hence the asymmetry on incitement to violence, which is exclusively the domain of the left. Here's Tim Ryan, one of the worst candidates in the country, another foe uh, with a working class clown. The guy's a Bernie Sanders mini trying to pretend to be like a moderate. He's running for Senate in Ohio against a good candidate, J.D. Vance. This clown Joker Democrat. Here he is talking about, quote, Joe, this guy's the moderate, but moderate, right? Yeah. Talking about killing and confronting the MAGA movement. I can only imagine if you were to say this on your show as a conservative, the left of the, you know, the silly, ridiculous boycott brigade be out in full. Will anything happen to Tim Ryan? No, the media loves this killing and confronting language. Here, listen to yourself. The Democrats aren't right on everything. And I'm willing to sit down and have conversations about how we can move out of this age of stupidity and into an age of reconciliation and reform how do we fix all of these broken systems some of those answers will come from republicans not not the extremists that we're dealing with every single day we've got to kill and confront that movement oh you do you got to kill and confront that movement Maisie hirono it's a literal call to arms transition integrity project where we need a street fight Folks, I'll ask you again for the umpteenth time on the show. Who's really the party embracing violence and incitement? Of course, the answer is obvious. It's who it's always been, the totalitarian left that uses violence to subjugate you. It's right in front of your face. It's their words, not mine. Kill and confront it. This is your guy in Ohio? Folks, we got a lot of listeners in Ohio. I strongly encourage you to send that around. Is this who you want as your senator? Donald Trump won Ohio. A guy who wants to kill and confront your movement. His words, man, not mine. His words. Maybe you should spread that around. Donald Trump won Ohio. Handily. Of course, the deep state saga gets even worse, folks. A friend of mine, uh, Carrie Pickett, sent this story. She wrote it. She's a terrific reporter. One of the few good ones left. The story's in the New York Times. Again, I... I I, I've got to encourage you, please, to read it. It'll be in my newsletter. It is, again, worth your time. It talks about the, one of the, the the deep, festering, metastasizing problems within the FBI right now. How they have become an organization dictated to by politicians who have political goals. Do you understand? Political goals, they don't have law enforcement goals. So, Before I get into the piece, what I mean by that is Joe Biden and Merrick Garland, two of the most corrupt individuals to enter the presidency and the attorney general's office, respectively. They have a political goal of making sure 45 to 49 to 50 percent of America that supports Donald Trump and conservatism, depending on what number you use, right? that they are either in prison, their civil liberties are taken away, or that Americans will get a call to arms and take up arms against them, like Maisie Hirono says. In order to do that, they have to create a narrative. Your neighbor's a bad guy worthy of violence, censorship, or imprisonment. Everybody dig what I'm telling you? In order to get that narrative, they have to have Confederates out there to help them. So what do they do? They go to the FBI and say, listen, We don't really have any evidence that people's neighbors are white supremacists, deadly Nazi MAGA supporters. So we need you guys to create the evidence for us at the FBI. Now, a dignified FBI would do what, Joe? They'd say, that's the craziest freaking thing I've ever heard. We're a law enforcement entity. Are you nuts? Not this FBI. They were happy to comply. Kerry Pickett, Washington Times. FBI insiders say white supremacy threat is overblown as Biden opens a summit about racists and extremists. FBI insiders say white supremacy and domestic terror threats are exaggerated. Now, round of applause, a serious round of applause to the whistleblowers coming forward, you are real heroes in the FBI, I mean it. So they're convening a forum on Thursday. Again, fellas, it's all about the narrative, all about the narrative. The narrative has to be your neighbor's a deadly Nazi white supremacist. Therefore, you should hate him and censor him. And you should approve of us doing it. So they have a forum Thursday at the White House aimed at confronting what civil rights groups, local officials, officials, and academics say is an explosive rise in extremism and white supremacy that threatens the core, guys, the core of American democracy. It's everywhere. You guys didn't know this? Gee, when you drove in this morning, you run into a lot of white supremacists? tons right Gee, okay, you are jewish right are they everywhere are they surrounding you all over the place everywhere joe what about you i know i don't know if you left this morning but did you see white supremacists everywhere I, i've been seeing them like at mcdonald's and stuff oh, like that yeah right right uh, they senior coffees right yeah. my grandmother used to say she used to she'd be like daniel i got a coffee i used to love talking to my grandmother god rest her soul <laughs> it was a senior coffee i guess they got a nickel off she was so proud of herself I love my grandmother. But they're on the line, Joe, for senior coffees, white supremacists everywhere. Yeah. KKK hoods and everything. You're like, oh, my gosh, look at that guy in a Casper, the friendly ghost guy. It's the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, my gosh. They threaten the core of democracy. So apparently there's a united we stand summit. Builds on the administration's push to route out racially motivated domestic violent extremists. (laughs) He's like, man, better be worried. This sounds really serious. Yeah, it sounds serious to me, too. Until you find out that an FBI whistleblower, and God bless you, brother or sister, I don't know who you are for doing this. You have sworn your oath and defended it. Thank you for doing this. The problem with this whole thing is like the former FBI agent who called my show yesterday. Quote from Kerry Pickett's piece. You got to read this. Current and former FBI agents tell The Washington Times that the perceived you know, white supremacy threat here. Has become overblown under this administration. Oh, you think? They say the FBI analysts and top officials that they're pressuring field agents to create domestic terror cases and tag people as white supremacists to meet internal metrics. <laughs> internal metrics. <laughs> this isn't funny. I just can you guys just like think about what this these FBI whistleblowers are saying. They have white supremacy quotas in the FBI. That's what I uh, listen. I was a federal agent. Don't tell me what it is. I know exactly what that is. Do you understand that being pushed out from headquarters and Christopher Ray, the most disgraced FBI agent, and even worse than Comey, even worse than Comey, again a totalitarian despot in every sense. That filtering down from the top with their imprimatur, either tacitly or openly, that the field sacks, special agent in charge who run the field offices, are being told from headquarters to produce like domestic terror quotas. Hey, fellas, you got to go out and find some white supremacists today, man. Now, what's the problem with that outside of the obvious? Well, outside of the obvious we just talked about, that that's a political narrative, not one based in a real law enforcement threat, at least in a systemic level. white supremacists. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The problem with that, folks, is if you're being told, as I was in many cases of the Secret Service with quotas, not like this. I mean, they were just like, hey, we got to go out and make more counterfeit arrests. Is then when you're told in an eight-hour workday that you have to go find white supremacists, you know what you're not finding? You're not finding terrorists. You're not finding kiddie porn folks. You're not finding bank robbers, credit card thieves, kidnappers, or anything like that. It's called opportunity costs. The cost of a foregone opportunity. This is what your FBI is now. Fidelity, bravery, integrity, and white supremacy. Folks, it gets worse. I'm going to get to this in a second. The piece is one the third screenshot from the piece, which is a lot, but this is worth your time. Talks about the genesis of this coming down from the top, which is Christopher Ray Again, the, uh, a, a despot in every sense of the word. Him and Merrick Garland are destroying this country. By the day, it's getting worse. They're listening to my show, by the way, every second of it. Trust me. People talk. Chris, I know you're hearing this. Your people talk, too. I'm not afraid. I understand I'm on your little list there. I get it. People talk. I get it. I'm not afraid. Not even a little bit. That's not tough guy talk. That's just a hard reality. I eagerly await your knock on my door next. I'm sure I'll be in your little circle of people you've targeted. I mean, we do live in the third world. All right, let me get to this, and I want to get back to the piece afterwards because it's the last part of this is the most important part because I have direct experience about how the FBI degenerated into bouncers for the Democrat Party. I know what happened. Some of it happened to us, too, in a different set of cases. Birch Gold. Folks, the Fed chair is freaking out about inflation. The leftist government is clearly ignoring him. Where does it leave us? Let me tell you where it leaves you. It leaves you with growing inflation, like the 8.3% year-over-year number that popped. Inflation means your money buys less. It's really that simple, meaning you've got a wallet, it's got this amount of money, and every day it buys less and less and less and less and less. So how do you hedge? Do what I did. Folks, I don't make this stuff up, okay? I only use sponsors I use. I just bought Birch Gold from them. Again, it's a second time. Said it multiple times. I trust them. Their customer service is amazing. B-I-R-C-H, Birch Gold Group. That's how I hedge. It's how you should hedge against inflation too. I want to own physical gold and silver in a tax sheltered account because I want to hedge against inflation. It's important. If you're skeptical about the trajectory of the economy and the U.S. dollars, you should be. Then text Dan today, D-A-N. Text Dan to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free information kit on securing your savings with gold. I'm a customer. I'm grateful that I am. I've been well protected. And Birch Gold is legit. I've used them. They've been around almost 20 years. Five-star reviews. Thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out today. Just text Dan to 989898. Secure your future with gold. Do it today. Don't wait. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rates apply. Thanks, Birch Gold. So here's the last portion of this piece about how the FBI is being pressured from the top down to create domestic terrorist white supremacists that at a systemic level don't exist. They do exist. They don't exist systemically as this major national security problem that the Biden administration wants you to believe. The third part of this piece explains everything. They note, the FBI whistleblowers, that the demand for white supremacy coming from FBI headquarters vastly outstrips the supply of white supremacy, said one agent. Thank you to this guy or woman who spoke on the condition of anonymity. We have more people assigned to investigate white supremacists than we can actually find. Um, Can I just put a quick note out to the FBI agent, male or female, I don't know who you are, who spoke to Kerry and Joseph Clark in this piece. I, know I, I you know, I get it. You want to remain anonymous. I understand. It's not a knock. But your country's on the line here. I'd rather you be anonymous and not exist at all um, and not do what you're doing. And I appreciate it. You have my, uh, my, my respect and gratitude. But it'd be really powerful if you'd come out. Come right. out and speak. My podcast, my radio show, and my television show are available to you. I'm saying that in front of this entire audience so everybody understands you need a vehicle to speak, this microphone, my Fox microphone that goes on my lapel, those are here for you, all of them. You have my word. We'll get you the protection of the microphone. Seeing your face sometimes on camera telling us about the administration's efforts to pressure you makes all the difference in the world. A little bit of good news before I'm going to stick to this headquarters pressure thing because it's important. But Reclaim the Net is another good piece up that the House Republicans are finally waking up to all this coordination and the FBI pressure to create white supremacists, censor people. House Republicans are demanding Biden hand over Facebook and Twitter censorship communications. Three of them are pushing hard, and I want to applaud them as well. You can read the piece. This is good. This is why we have to vote. It's not going to solve all our problems in November, but at least we have the chance of our current problems not getting worse. Now, I said in the beginning of the show and during this segment, I was going to say, I was going to explain to you in very clear uh, terms how the FBI degenerated from a law enforcement focused entity to essentially political bouncers for the left. When I read this piece yesterday, I said to myself, my gosh, this reminds me so much of something that happened in the Secret Service. Here, let's not bury the lead. When you're a Secret Service agent or a federal agent, an FBI agent or a DEA agent, the best place to run your criminal cases from are from the offices you work. I'll get into the reasons for that for a minute. But if you work in, say, the Los Angeles field office, why the hell would a supervisor out of Washington, D.C. be running your bank robbery case? I mean, you all probably like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Do you understand that's what happened with the FBI? I went through it a little bit with the Secret Service. You run them at of headquarters, you're going to get headquarters cases. And guys, where's FBI headquarters? Any of you know? It's not a trick question. Do you know where it's located? Yeah, D.C. Anyway. Oh, thank you, Joe. Thank there you, you go. <laughs> well, D.C. What else is in D.C., Joe? The White House, the Capitol, yeah, politicians. Oh, yeah. So it's the political, I think it's the Capitol? All, I mean, all that stuff, yeah. Washington. Oh, yeah, it is. It yeah. is the capital. Okay. Uh, political capital of the United States. So, when you run the case out of the political capital and you're doing an LA case being run out of DC, is it really a surprise that the DC politics then get milked into LA? It shouldn't be a shocker at all. This piece is so good. I didn't put it in the newsletter because it's Wall Street Journal subscription only, but it's worth your time. How Bob Mueller shredded the FBI's credibility by Tom Baker. I'm going to cover this on Unfiltered, my show Saturday night at 9. It's going to be. I'm going to really lace into this. His post 9-11 attempts to change the culture led to politicized investigations like Crossfire Hurricane, spying operation on Trump. I want to read this to you. It's too short paragraphs, but it's worth your time. This is how we got from a bank robbery, crime oriented organization fighting Al Capone or whatever. And John Gotti to investigating and spying on Donald Trump. They note that after 9-11, Bob Mueller wanted centralization. He wanted all information to run through FBI headquarters, which would make all the decisions. Mueller's predecessor, Louis Free, who started his career as a field agent, strongly believed in empowering the field offices. Not Mr. Mueller, who accelerated centralization. He also believes special agents in charge presided over their territories like Dukes. His words. His words goes on pent bomb which was the 9-11 investigation a pentagon bombing pent bomb would thus become the first case in fbi history run from headquarters baker notes it set a bad precedent which would yield poisonous fruit in the hillary clinton email investigation and then in the russian collusion fiasco when a small click at headquarters called all the shots yes Brother Tom Baker, I don't know you. You are welcome on my show, too. Just reach out. You are welcome on to talk about this. Folks, I saw this. By the way, big shocker, guys, that it was Bob Mueller who wanted headquarters, the political capital of the United States, to run FBI agents' investigations out of, like, Omaha and, like, Fresno. Big shocker, was Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller. that the same guy who investigated Donald Trump with the Mueller report and avoided the whole... Russian collusion PP tape hoax thing. Same guy. Same guy. Stunner. Now, what happens when you run cases on the ground out of headquarters? First, here's the problem. I experienced this with the Secret Service. In the Secret Service, we had a number of high-profile assassination attempts. I remember Squeaky From, You had the whole assassination attempt on Jerry Ford. Uh, you had Reagan. Of course, being shot um, at the Hinckley Hilton there by John Hinckley, folks, it was a it was a mess. So the Secret Service, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, overreacted. And what they said is the same thing Bob Mueller said after nine eleven. You feel they didn't really say this, but they winked and nodded at him. You field agents, Joe, you guys aren't savvy enough to make decisions about. Assassination cases. They're called PI cases, protective intelligence cases. So I'll just use that for now. I'm talking about assassination cases, right? Threat cases. You guys and ladies in the field don't know what you're doing. You're not going to be able to make the right decisions about PI cases. So we're going to run them out of headquarters. I believe they still are to this day. The same thing happened with the Bureau after 9 11. Ah, you dopey field agents, who, by the way, are the best guys they have. They're the actual street guys investigating bank robberies. You don't know what you're doing. It's us in headquarters. We know what we're doing. That's why we're here. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, I could tell you in my experience, problem number one is this. I wrote them all down so I wouldn't forget them. The people who wind up in headquarters, Joe, are typically headquarters people. Yeah. They're called briefers. You know what briefers are? They're guys who've never wore a pair of work boots investigating a bank robbery for the FBI. They love their high-end Allen Edmonds shoes or whatever. They got their fancy suits like Andy McCabe. The problem is those shoes have never touched the floor of a bank doing an actual investigation. <laughs> and they're the, uh, Joe, I've seen it a thousand yeah. times. There was this one guy in the Secret Service. It's, this guy's thing was look apart, part, act apart, part, talk the part. The problem is he never actually acted the part. He just looked and talked apart. That's the briefer. <laughs> The briefer is running your case, and he's in headquarters because he looks the part. He talks the part, but he's in headquarters because he doesn't actually act the part. That's why he's in headquarters. You act the part, but you don't get to act the part because the briefer is running your case, the doer. The doers and the briefers. You run a case out of headquarters, you get a bunch of briefers running your case. That's why they're there. In headquarters. Here's a reason. Oh, that's a nice tie. Got my uh, Patek Philippe watch on here. Look at me, uh, looking very professional. Bro, have you ever worked a case? Oh, no, never. But I talk like I have. I stayed in the Holiday Express last night. What's the second part? The briefers in headquarters running cases out of Fresno have no idea about what Fresno's like, they don't know the sources. They don't know the cops. They don't know the the crime ecosystem there. Is fentanyl a problem? Is it meth? Is it counterfeit currency? Is it a local illegal population, child trafficking? They have no idea. So because they don't know the terrain and they don't know the cops and they don't know the sources, why the hell would you take your advice and have your case led by them? The answer is you shouldn't, but you have to because they're in charge. And you are not. What's the third problem with briefers out of headquarters running your case? Keep in mind, I haven't even discussed the obvious. That the briefers in headquarters are usually there because they're liberals and they know how to play the political game. So they do things for politics. I haven't even discussed that. I'm just talking about the tangible boots on the ground problem. Here's the third problem. There is nothing the briefer in D.C. loves more to do. I saw this in P.I. cases than to waste your time. (laughs) nothing, Joe, nothing. They want to waste your time. You know why? Because it's not their time and they're briefers. So when they go to brief their boss, they want to brief the boss, not on what they're doing, but on what you're doing. Hey, I told that buffoon Armacost, you better get his ass out there and run down that payphone threat in the Bronx. Payphone threat in the Bronx. What'd the guy say? He said, Bush sucks. But I got him running that thing down. (laughs) I got him running call logs and everything. Keep in mind, Joe could now be investigating a real threat, but he's not because the briefer wants to look busy. So he's telling his boss he's got Joe running down a payphone threat. By the way, we got hundreds of these a week from idiots calling the Secret Service. Bush is an idiot. He doesn't care about wasting your time because it's your time, not his time. So now the briefer is telling the doer to go and do something stupid. Instead of the doer actually going out and doing things like investigating real threats, he's investigating the payphone guy. I saw this over and over when I was in the PI squad in New York. A thousand times. Headquarters. Hey, uh, Dan, uh, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Why do we need to do that? This case is obviously stupid. I know the sources on the ground are telling me this guy is is a puffer. He's not going to kill the president. Got to be thorough, Dan. Yeah, but I have another guy who's an actual threat case. We really should be thorough on. No, no, forget that for now. Forget that. I need to brief the boss today. That's what happens. You run cases at of headquarters. And when you get Christopher Ray and Jim Comey in charge, who can't stand conservatives, they want to brief their boss, Merrick Garland, and others about what they're doing to attack conservatives. You get it now? How the briefer tells the Omaha field guy who was investigating a bank robbery, you don't find a white supremacy connection to that bank robbery. You better move on to find something else. And the bank robber goes free while the guy with the Gadsden flag out in front of his house gets three FBI agents following him around. Folks, I'm not kidding. That may be the single most. I don't know what geese feelings are, Joe. That may be my most favorite segment I've ever done on this show. I'm, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. He says, "I can tell. I don't know if you guys feel about it. It's fun, but I, I just I wrote a whole book on the on the Secret Service. What was it called? You know, oh, you as heard. you were doing that, I, uh, yeah. I had a I had a feeling about that segment while you were doing it's kind of even like a turning point. I don't know how how else to put it, but I felt it too. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're talking no, about. I, I'm really I wrote a whole book on this called Protecting the President. It was it was my least. Uh, it was very specific. It was my uh, it sold the least amount of copies." But I wrote an entire book about exactly this. Law enforcement's easy to fix, folks. The problem is getting past the hardheads who don't want it fixed. All right, I'm going to get to another. I got Julie Kelly coming up on the radio show later. I got a tweet from her about what exactly are they hiding in this special master case? The government is losing its mind over the Mar-a-Lago raid. I'm going to get to that in a second. Let me get to my last sponsor. My friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, folks. This product is just saved my butt. I got blood work done the other day. What does it have to do with Field of Greens? No, I'm, I'm serious. It's important. I'm 47. I had a very serious bout of lymphoma, as you know, last year. Uh, knock on wood, got through it so far. And I kid you not, I got the blood work back, sent it over to a doctor friend of mine. The doctor sends me back an email. Dude, you're healthy as a horse. I don't know how healthy horses are, but he's like, it's incredible. I attribute it to Field of Greens. I take two scoops of this a day. It is healthy, wholesome. This is wild berry. Ground up fruits and vegetables. Just look at what's on the back of these healthy fruits and vegetables. The list is so long, I can't even read the whole thing. And I want you to pay attention. Nutrition facts. It says nutrition facts. Oh, who cares, Dan? It all says that. No, they don't. Go to the back of supplements. It says supplement facts. You'll see. Why does it say nutrition facts? Because it's real food. Healthy fruits and vegetables ground up into a powder. You just take a scoop. There's no matching pills or anything like that. You throw it in water, protein shake. I put in green tea sometimes. He likes the lemon lime. The wild berries, spectacular too. I've had more energy and peace of mind. The blood work shows it. I have been really, really in great shape since I started taking this stuff. I love it. I can't vouch for it enough. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan today. Don't wait. Get 15% off your first order with the promo code Dan. Here's an even better thing. I subscribe. It's super easy that way. Subscribe and you'll save an additional 10% every month and you'll never miss a bottle. With all these viruses out there and all this stuff attacking your health, you got to be healthy. We all know fruits and vegetables are the key. Get them in a couple of scoops a day. Brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan. Go today. Don't wait. You'll thank me for it later. Folks, Julie Kelly put this tweet out yesterday, too, while we're on this segment here. This is just astounding. The DOJ filed another motion yesterday begging Judge Cannon not to permit a third party, a special master, to review what the DOJ is insisting are classified documents stolen from Trump's home. She notes the desperation is palpable. What are they hiding? There it is right there. Thank you, Guy, for putting it up. They are desperate to make this special master go away. And as a third party who's going to look at what the uh, FBI, after their dystopian raid on Mar-a-Lago, they're going to look at the documents. Trump's being accused of housing classified material in an inappropriate security fashion. So the special master is going to take a look. Is it classified or not? Why? Are, you might be asking yourself, right, fairly enough. What's the DOJ worried about? Guys, you would think, right, if they, during the serving of the warrant, they got a bunch of classified stuff. Wouldn't it make sense that the DOJ would be like, yes, let's get a special master so that an independent arbiter here can confirm to the American public we were right? Yeah. That makes sense, doesn't it? Here's what's going on. Why is the DOJ terrified of a special master? Two reasons. Number one, they leaked to the media this nuclear secret story thinking you would never actually see the documents. The dopey, silly FBI-DOJ consortium wanted to make sure you would never see the documents. So they figured there would be no penalty for leaking to the media a ridiculous story that Trump had nuclear secrets at Mar-a-Lago. They never thought there'd be a special master. They never thought you'd actually see some of the documents. So there was no penalty for doing that. They might as well have accused Trump of housing uh, little children in Mar-a-Lago. You would have never known the difference without a special master. And second, they're afraid the Spygate documents are going to be in there, exposing the plot to take down Donald Trump. That's my take on it. All right, let me uh, finish up with this story. So last night I was on Jesse's show. You know, I don't typically play clips of myself, but sometimes funny things happen on the air. And um, this happened last night. I was on with Jesse Waters, and he was playing a clip about Joe Biden's hypocritical support of the Green New Deal, how everything they do is phony. John Kerry's flying around the world in private jets. You know, Joe Biden flies back to Delaware, spewing carbon dioxide all over the planet to go vote in a special election he could have voted by mail on, right? (laughs) But I noticed something. Jesse's playing this cut of Joe Biden with Jay Leno in a car, and it looks like they're driving around a street. It's meant to make Joe Biden look like, you know, a man of the people, Joe. And I didn't see the episode. I don't know if they disclosed this in advance, but I noticed something very interesting. It's happened on the air last night. I'd never seen this clip before. Here, check this out. I that look, oh, look at the background. That's the secret service. I was a tra- transportation section instructor. That's the driving pad. That whole thing's a shtick, too. Look, thank you, producers. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the James J. Rowley Training Center. Yep. That Those are the secret service training vehicles in the background. I used to train people on myself. The whole thing's a scam. Now, a couple more points on this scam, though, too, to put some meat on the bone. There's a Beyond Lomborg op-ed in the Wall Street Journal about this green yep. car scam and all this. Great... Did you read this? It's so loved good. It. He says, listen, there's enough battery power in the world right now, Jesse. Battery power right now to power the world for guess how long. Take a stab at it. Here's the answer. Seventy five seconds. I love that clip last night. I usually don't play clips for myself, but there were two scams. Number one, that whole thing is fake. I may have disclosed it during the show. I didn't see it. But Joe Biden was not like a man of the people driving. That's the Secret Service driving. There was all a a skin. And then second, Joe Biden wants to move towards this Green New Deal solar future, wind future that requires massive batteries. The catch is the batteries only power the earth for 75 seconds. There isn't a, there's no bullpen guy. You're like, bring the righty out of the bullpen the relief pitch. There's no relief pitcher. There's nobody there. I want to play this for you, too. Remember this from 2010. The fact checkers went nuclear over this. This is from Lansing, Michigan. Showing you again. I don't think people have any idea where this Green New Deal electric powered car future comes from, given that there's limited battery power and not enough infrastructure to support it. And then when you ask them, they reveal the obvious oh yeah, it comes from power plants which use coal and nuclear. Here, check this out. Everybody thought we killed the electric vehicle. No, we didn't. It's alive and well. So what's charging the, the batteries right now? What, where, where's, what's the source of a? Well, like here. It's coming from the building. I mean, is it, um, what's our mix of power? Oh, actually, Lansing feeds the building. What's that? Lansing feeds power to the building. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, no. They're, uh... I bet you they're a bit of coal. Oh. It'd be on natural gas, aren't they? Yeah, right now, the car is charging off of your grid. Right, it would be charging off uh, our grid, which is 90, about ninety five percent coal. That clip is hilarious. Just to be clear, it's from twenty ten in Lansing. They asked the guy; they're t- they're touting the benefits of this electric vehicle as if the power comes from the Tooth Fairy or something. The guy there, who's not a representative of GM, is representative, I think, of the power company. Says, "Oh no, ninety five percent of Lansing power." Comes from coal. So, of course, you know, the fact checkers, as I said in the beginning, part of the fake news agitprop communist symbiote are meant to keep you from seeing things that would be damaging to the leftist narrative. USA Today's Mackenzie Sadehi, of course, fact check reporter. I don't know if maybe she's got her certification from Denny's like Bill D. McCarthy jumps all over this at USA Today. But I want you to notice what she doesn't do. She doesn't disprove what that guy just said about Lansing. She makes a larger argument not made in that clip. Fact check. Post falsely claimed 95% of energy for charging electric cars comes from coal. She says without any additional context, which, by the way, you could say about anything. The short clip misleads people into believing electric cars rely heavily on coal. It does? She notes, but in reality, that comment refers only to one city, which is exactly where the clip is from. The power production breakdown across the U.S. is far different than the 95% figure. Notice she doesn't challenge the clip at all. You, It doesn't challenge the clip at all. She makes a bigger argument that no one's making. Nobody's making in that clip. I don't know what anyone else said on Facebook, but in that clip, she says, don't worry, Joe. Per data from the EIA, 60% of electric generation in the U.S. in 2020 was from fossil fuels. Oh, only 60 Coal, nineteen point three; natural gas, forty percent; petroleum, zero point four; nuclear energy, twenty; and twenty percent was from renewable energy sources such as wind, hydropower, and solar. <laughs> These people are hilarious. They are hilarious. This thing is a mirage, man. And you can—how do you know it's a mirage? This green new deal future, where we have no infrastructure to support this on a systemic mass scale. You can always tell when the fact checkers like McKenzie Sadehi, when they jump in and want you to not see something in totalitarian communist lefty style. And Facebook contributes to it by letting people like this put labels on your post. And that's why Facebook is losing market value, because people realize when a fact checker says it's false, it's most likely something you need to pay extra special attention to. All right, I had a lot more material. I'm not going to get to it today. Maybe I'll get to some of the radio show. We'll keep it for tomorrow. If you want to submit questions for tomorrow's show, the post is already up. Go to my locals account. I am at D Bongino. It says questions for tomorrow's podcast. You can submit them there. And it's on True Social too. I'm at D Bongino if you want to submit a question for the radio show. Please subscribe to the show, folks. I would really deeply appreciate it. Uh, it helps us move up the charts of subscriptions. It's free. Apple, Spotify, and of course at Rumble rumble.com slash Bongino. See y'all later. You just heard Dan Bongino.